Welcome to Parents on Pictures podcast. My name is Damien. I'm Matt. I'm Sam. And what we do each and every single episode is we take a film or short TV series from a streaming platform like Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus. And once we've all seen it, we come in here and we talk about it and try to decide whether it's something that you should bother watching, uh, given that we're all very busy people these days and there's thousands of things to pick on all of these platforms. So, Matt, what are we doing this episode? Well, this week we have the 2014 movie Whiplash, um, directed by Damien Chazelle, uh, featuring Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons. It's a it's a it's a movie about a, a guy that that goes to a a music school, dreaming of greatness, um, has a ruthless instructor, and who will stop at nothing to to help students realize their potential. It's uh, it's. It's an interesting movie, definitely. Now, this is something that we saw come onto Amazon Prime. And I think instantly all four of us said, hey, we need to do this film. Because when it was released in 2014, the buzz surrounding this film, I don't know if you guys remember, but it was everywhere. It was this... Not little film, let's be fair, J.K. Simmons, big name, and Miles Teller, not exactly a small name these days, but he was kind of up and coming back then. And um, it just got literally everywhere I was turning. Every podcast I was listening to, all of the media that I would usually read around film was on this particular film. So obviously one of the things that we're going to discuss is was it worth all that hype in the first place or was it just something that was a bit different at the time and kind of just put a, a light up to what was around it as opposed to, hey, it deserves greatness. But do you guys recall anything about when this film first came out, if you watched it previously? I, I was going to say, Damo, I think we, um, we referenced it when we were talking about Soul. Um, because I think one of maybe I can't remember who it may have been sort of a general critique was that for a, a, a movie called Soul about soul music, there wasn't actually a lot of soul music or jazz um, in, in that movie, or maybe not enough as what we maybe potentially wanted. Um, and the, um, uh, the Whiplash is a, a kind of a, a good um, a comparison or a, a good movie to, to consider alongside, obviously, very different audience, um, uh, different age level, certainly. Um, I remember watching this, weirdly enough, watching this on a flight. I think that was the first time I'd uh, got the opportunity to watch it. Um, and I wish I'd seen it in the cinema, um, but I don't think it really it diminished um the uh, the experience i think there was a lot of turbulence as well so the stress of the tension of the movie probably <laughs> matched quite well nice this was a a film that i don't know what i was doing in 2014 um i missed this completely um i i knew it was a film i i wanted to see but i can't remember the hype so to say so to speak um yeah so this was my first time i watched it last night and uh can't believe I left it so long, to be honest. <laughs> See, oh, yeah. I'm, excited. I'm excited to hear that was your first time watching it, Matt. That's yeah. like, oh, brilliant. It was, it was my first time for viewing this as well. Um, I remember that in spite of all the hype that was around it, it was a music film. And I'm nowhere near as big into music as, as you guys and Andy are. Um, and I think I've said it before. 
um, multiple times is that, you know, if, if you want music, go to my wife. She's awesome with music. She's got great taste. She'll tell you any artist and, and, and any song, all she has to do is listen to it. Whereas me, I'm useless with it. And so it didn't really pique my interest. And in spite of the fact that it's got J.K. Simmons in it, which I think he is amazing in almost everything he does. Uh, and he's an incredibly versatile actor as well. He's not going to appear in the same thing all the time. I mean, for Christ's sake, he he was in the Spider-Man movies and I think was so perfectly cast for the, the, the role that he was in in the Spider-Man films. And then he appears in something like this. And funnily enough, I think Marvel agreed with me because didn't they put him as a cameo at the end of the last Spider-Man film? Have you guys seen that one? No, I haven't, no. <laughs> J.K. Yeah. Simmons comes back at the end of the last Spider-Man film. Sorry, spoilers for that film. Um, and, and it's not even the same universe. Uh, and he's still there playing the same character because I guess they thought he was really, really good. I, I guess with this movie, you it is about those two characters that for the you know, everyone else is is supporting uh, supporting cast or supporting characters. Um, and you had to get it right, I think. For, for that to work um i think i would have to say it's probably probably jk simmons best performance for me um i think he just embodies the um the the character there's almost something kind of like really for for a movie that's about something quite down to earth and quite realistic there's something that almost like demonic about the way that he plays the character it's got an incredible sort of darkness to it. I, I fully agree with that statement. He 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 brings he brings something to, to this movie that I think is needed. Um, I think without without that powerful character, this this film maybe uh, falls apart. Um, but he he brings it and turns it all the way up to eleven. Um, he his character is is ferocious. And like you say, there, there is a, there is an an element of, of 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 something a bit sinister going on. Uh, yeah. you, get, you get glimpses of that in the film, um, and and the ramifications of that. Um, but yeah, it it has it had the potential to be a really really horrific, uh, depressing film. And when it, when it first started, I honestly thought we were heading down that route. Yeah, and I, I mean, let's not sugarcoat it. Like, if in in the cold light of day, you would one hundred percent call that abuse. The mm -hmm. the way that he treats the 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 people in his his band, and and that's again, if we're if we are looking at it in terms of like culturally, um, and we often sort of make have this consideration about how this this film would play today if it was new today. I think there's a lot of cases where people would probably fall back on that same argument of you know, my job is to push people to be the very best. And does that mean that sometimes I cross the line and cross boundaries? Well, yeah, it does. But then you wouldn't have the great people that exist today in this field or that field, when actually, when it comes down to it, that kind of behavior is, it has to be called out as, uh, you know, not um, <laughs> not something that you, I mean, Damien, uh, certainly you, you probably wouldn't be uh, teaching for much longer if uh, you took that approach. Um, yeah, nope. you're absolutely right. And it is is very much something that crossed my mind. So I, I coach uh, martial arts uh, for a living 
And if I treated my members the way that um, Fletcher is the name of J.K. Simmons' character, if I treated my members the way that Fletcher treated Andrew, uh, I would be, oh, I'd be in jail, quite frankly. Um, I, I would be all over the media for abusing um, my my students. And I, I would, quite frankly, be in jail. Um, because it is, it, you know, Andrew is older. Uh, he's, he's, I think he's an adult himself. I didn't actually get a vibe on his age in the film. Is, is he over 18 is I he think supposed it's... to be in his twenties, or is is he just up and coming? So, like, you know, sixteen, seventeen. I believe it's his first year at university, so I, I'm not quite sure what what age that is in America. Mm. I'm it guessing... probably puts him around seventeen, eighteen. I would, yeah. And, and so he's he's potentially still a minor. And and the way, the way they were sat around the dinner table with his parents and the, how he was talking to girls, um, uh, the girl in the mm. cinema, um, the the ever so brief love interest in this film um i i would i would guess that he he wouldn't be any older than 18 yeah and when you um like it's it's not just the kind of the verbal abuse or the um the physical abuse and i read in the trivia that they tried the the, the slapping scene like they try that without any physical contact and then damien chazelle was like last take i want you to actually hit him and um and that's the take that made it into the film wow um but um the it's the um and uh, again this is the way that the, the the story and the writing just has such good payoff in the way that you see fletcher like mentally psychologically finding his weaknesses and breaking him down and using any bit of ammunition that he can find to undermine him and to it's like almost like um, and i'm sure i've seen it compared to like the drill sergeant scenes in say is it full metal jacket i'm not sure if it's yeah. the right movie yeah it's that yeah. kind of approach isn't it and and funny you bring that up because um i think it was full metal did did one of the the um sergeants that one of the 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 um people in the regiment did they one of them commit suicide from, from the I think they, from the sergeant yeah, I think they shot jacket, I think they shot yeah. him didn't they yeah and and um and that's the vibe I was getting early on in the film I thought something dark was going to happen either yeah. either to the teacher or 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 uh I, I thought this what's his name the student Andrew yeah, Andrew I thought Andrew was potentially going to do something See, this is it because they sat that they set that up about halfway through the film so just for a little bit of context uh mainly for my brain so that i can i can keep track um fletcher is obviously the the teacher but he's a prestigious teacher as well he is the one where and I, they set this up brilliantly um you've got a bunch of students in a room with their regular teacher just going through the motions and practicing and then fletcher walks in the room everyone shuts up even the teacher who is supposed to be leading the class at that point in time steps away because he knows that Fletcher is not someone with which who he should mess with. When this man walks in the room, everyone pays attention. Even the teacher who's supposed to be in charge at that point in time just leaves the class to Fletcher. Mm -hmm. Fletcher comes in and he's like, right, you play a bit. No, shut up. You No, no, right, you. And then he's gone. That's it. So straight away through this tiny little interaction 
um, you see just how much power Fletcher is wielding as as the guy um, who makes people stars. And that's that's kind of it. It's like he makes or breaks your career. He's mm. the one that everybody wants to go with. And I completely forgot where my point was going because I got so, <laughs> again, second time around, and I'm just talking about it, I got so drawn into that scene. Um, but yeah. his, his power that he wields is phenomenal. And what, what's great about that scene is, is, is you know, he's picking... He's picking irregular parts for people to start playing. He's, you know, starting fifth bar. Yeah. <laughs> and fifth bar is the second page. And they're, they're, just, they're just into it. And they, you can really see it in their face and how they're playing. They, they want to impress him. They know, they know how, how sinister he is. They know how, 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 how uh, abusive he is. Um, but they, they want to please. They, they, I, they want that position. And I think you could watch this and certainly there were points where I was thinking, ah, well, you know, why don't you just, you know, tell him where to go or, you know, just stand up to him or whatever. But you know that if you you know, if you were in that situation or, you know, there may well be situations where you just want you just want to please that person or you you believe that they are the one that is the gatekeeper to, you know, the dream that you have. And so you have to do whatever is necessary. And I guess that leads back down kind of back into that whole, uh, you know, should, you know, how many people have been, you know, abused those, those positions of, of power, um, so to speak. And also it, it taps into the, like the dark side of ambition of like the, you know, it's kind of, I've seen it kind of um, parodied, but that whole scene where he basically breaks up with his girlfriend. Cause he's like, I can't be with you cause you're going to stop me achieve my dream. Um, and I, I don't know about you guys, but certainly for someone you know that's been married for a while, there are points where you have to say, I cannot have what I want because I've made a commitment to someone else. Mm. Um, and and that's um, I think and I think there's it's really poignant later in the film when he calls her back up. Um, and that's a real kind of like, I don't know, a real sort of sad moment when he kind of realizes what he's done so to speak especially when you realize that she's already moved on she has another partner and mm. there's there's nowhere for for him to to go to and mm. i think you're absolutely right when you get in a relationship you make sacrifices for each other um i'm sure you know my wife has made plenty of sacrifices because i i run a business and uh, and, and vice versa i've made sacrifices as well and, and that's what you do in a relationship. And obviously mm. he is not prepared to do that because he has one singular goal. But you often see this with people who are completely driven to achieve one thing. They get blinkers onto everything else that's around them. And when they want everything else, sometimes, not always, but sometimes it's too late for them. He has to move forward, not backwards. And what he tries to do by calling up his ex-girlfriend is move backwards. But also, it releases him. He now officially has nothing to lose. It's all gone. So it's literally a career in music or nothing for him. And that, I saw that as a drive for him to push forward, which is what leads to the end. But we'll come to the end later. I did remember the point I was trying to make uh, before I forgot. Halfway through the film, you realise that Fletcher was probably responsible for someone else that he was teaching and coaching for committing suicide. And so he puts his members through so much abuse that that's the dark place that they're prepared to go to or not prepared, but that's where they find themselves when they're either put under the stress that he puts them under or if they fail him 
because as you see, Miles Teller's character, Andrew, is extraordinarily talented. And the work that he puts in, and they show it visually so well, um, with, you know, his fingers are just absolutely bloodied by the end of his work, his, his practice sessions, and he's dripping in sweat. I thought if the guy was any older, I genuinely thought the film was going to end with him having a heart attack. As like, dude, you pushed yourself so far, your body gave up. Um, but yeah, Fletcher, wow. He's able to push students to suicide and he still holds that position. That's nuts. And it's like, is his, his flaw, I'm sure that I've, I've um, uh, read a really good book last year about um, sort of psychology in, in stories and this whole idea of like that people have a flaw that they just can't get past. And there was this thing that was kind of tributary unknown. She would always consider herself to be the only adult in any room that she was in and she couldn't get past that. And Fletcher's, Fletcher's flaw is he cannot accept that he will not be a kingmaker that he isn't that he has to, he has to create a, a great he has to craft that person and hone them and mold them and if he hasn't he hasn't finished his work yet um and you can imagine that you know you know there maybe would be a story about him you know going to darker and darker places to to try and achieve this um this goal um, but just switching because you mentioned it, Damien. Like obviously, J.K. Simmons' performance fantastic. Miles Teller. I mean, the physicality of that that performance. The, some of those practicing scenes, some of the the drumming scenes. Like, I'm sure they were spraying water on them between between takes. But he must have been absolutely. I don't know. Just rinse to to, to rinse out all that energy and still give the performance. Yeah. Oh. I I I um I was slightly confused at the, some of the practices he was doing uh then fast blast beats um you know I, I i can't see the merit of 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 practicing that over and over and over and over again i think that was done to to uh, dramatic effect and 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 the blood as well um if you're drumming if you're drumming that hard um and you're bleeding I, I, i'm not a drummer here so this is only a guess but i imagine <laughs> You're probably holding the sticks wrong or doing something yeah. wrong. I don't think I you know. I've seen some some. Well, I, I I'm not, in my time. And, I don't and, know. I mean, you think about uh, guitars. You know, people will play to the point where their skin breaks and it bleeds, and then it heals and it gets it's harder, so it doesn't break next time. And it's it's the same with what I do. Um, I I do a lot of uh, weapons teaching. Um, all safety weapons for anybody who's listening and is like, oh my goodness me, you teach weapons? Yeah, they're all safety weapons. But when I train, I train with the real thing. So I train with a real sword. I train with wooden nunchaku. And I myself, don't get me wrong, not to the state that, that Andrew got himself to, but I will train to the point where my skin breaks and bleeds so that the skin heals and hardens so that the next time that I'm swinging the weapon or I'm practicing with the sword, it doesn't happen again. Um, and, and I know that guitarists do a similar thing, but yeah, I think potentially, and if there's any drummers out there, please let us know the extent to which he was bleeding. Wow. Just, just wow. So mm. On that, on demo, from your perspective, then, from someone from like a martial arts background, I felt that 
I'm not someone that is particularly into, you know, in a deep way into martial arts movies or boxing movies. I felt that it borrowed from some of those kind of shot of the hands plunging into, and again, you're right, Matt, it probably is gratuitous. It's supposed to, you know, to, it's there for the image, but the hands plunging into the cold water and the water mm. turning red. Um, that did feel like it borrowed from that kind of that sort of, you know, fighting movie sort of tropes. Yeah, I suppose it could be seen in that view. Um, now, again, I've not been through that myself specifically, but martial arts, you know, 20 years ago when I started was very different. And I'm not going to labor on this point because it's not a martial arts movie. Um, but to, to, to strengthen, <laughs> strengthen, to knacker, uh, as you would know it in modern days, which is why we don't do a lot of these practices, but to condition your knuckles, you would punch hard things. Now, these days, you punch hard bags. Um, and, and, you know, we did a lot of bag work back then. But you would punch to the point where your knuckles um, bleed. And, you yeah, you'd, you'd wash them off. I probably wouldn't dip them in ice. Although, not a bad practice if you've got lots of bruising. Not going to lie. Um, but it, it was just a way to, to, to strengthen and condition your knuckles. It's the same here. What he's doing is strengthening and conditioning conditioning his hands now you could also make the argument that one of the reasons it looks worse is because there's a lot of sweat mixed in with the blood and as i've done many a time before you know caught myself or, or what have you when you're training and you're drenched in sweat and you start to bleed for whatever reason it always looks worse because it mixes in with the sweat and obviously it just looks like twice the amount of blood as what it actually is so there, there's probably a small element of that as well to be fair i, mean, I just i just remember sorry go ahead, making, in terms of movie making though um you know some of them practice scenes if you put a different soundtrack behind it wouldn't be too far off you know the rocky uh kind mm. of yeah yes <laughs> Oh, you could do like a good super cut there or something. Yeah, yeah you could definitely edit that down. I did just remember that um, back in the day, I do remember playing um, a, a, I don't know whether it was a live show or a practice, or I think it might have been when I, was, when I did um, a year at music college. And um, I did come off stage and have blood all down my guitar because I'd cut my hand and didn't notice and just carried on playing. So it does it does happen. Um, fair play, uh, yeah. fair play. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, um, I, I felt that, yeah, I felt that Miles Teller's performance was kind of a, just a perfect counterbalance. So again, like physically, he's like just certainly in this movie a little bit kind of baby faced in some of yeah. those early scenes he looks so like promising you know hopeful and he, those bits when like i don't know jk simmons is is just literally just teasing him just being like go on andrew give it a try or whatever yeah. and he's got that little sort of like cherub cherubic kind of like grin in, and and ah uh, the 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 phrase not quite my tempo Oh, oh man. just man, oh. it gives me like chills. Like <laughs> that scene was, but that that was his, that was Fletcher's way of breaking him down. Mm -hmm. um, that that was just out and out abuse, uh, and and that, you know that was very much psychological warfare. It's like he he's going to break him so that he can try and mold him into something else, which I suppose is you know do the ends justify the means, which is a part of what this film is about. But um, for me, J.K. Simmons' performance just overall was so good. I could not imagine another person in this role. 
Um, and, and, you know, I don't know if there are other film fans out there, but this is something I'll often do. I bet this film is great. Who else could have done it? And, you know, a lot of the time you'll be like, well, well, I, I can't see anybody else doing it. And that's because you've just seen the film. But I legitimately could not imagine anybody else bringing the level of authority and gravitas to this role that J.K. Simmons did. He was phenomenal. And what's really upsetting about this is that Miles Teller was also exceptional in what he was doing. And he follows this up, not his fault, with <laughs> Fantastic Four the year, a year later. And I so hope that when people look back over his career, they remember him for this and not Fantastic Four. Um, and because it was such a misstep. But it wasn't his misstep. It was just, and again, I'm, I'm not defending the film, I'm defending the process. I got the impression that it was so heavily cut apart and sliced up by the studio that it wasn't even close to the film that they wanted to make. So you just you reminded me there of something I was going to say about this movie. Again, there's there, there's so many elements to it, and I guess you know if you were going to use like a metaphor or whatever, or you know, it, or it's it's kind of like the 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 jazz ensemble. Like every part has to play its part for it to work effectively. Every element of this film I felt fitted, and uh, the the things that stood out to me that maybe don't normally stand out the lighting um, mm-hmm. in this in those practice rooms. And I, I remember, again, from being at music college and being in those like insulated, no natural light rooms. The, the, and I could, you know, can almost like smell the kind of sort of staleness and the, you know, the sweat. Um, but the way that, that that kind of darkness it is literally the underworld, like the um, that you, you've gone into like Fletcher's layer, so to speak. Um, and they've got this kind of like almost like a black and gold theme throughout the movie, um, which is, I guess, accentuated by kind of the light off of the kind of the the the, the brass instruments and things like that. Um, yeah. And, and it's almost the scenes that are in daylight are kind of like washed out, like that they're not real. And I guess that's maybe maybe an editing thing or I'm not sure, but everything in the darkness it's kind of just got that real contrast to it um and uh, and yeah, I've, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was a def- definitely a way that they split up um th- his life in music and his life outside of music so you you're right that 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 black and orange and gold um was was used throughout all the music scenes um and yeah in everyday life did seem a bit bland yeah, a bit washed out. Yeah, well noticed. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought the lighting, like props to whoever was in charge of lighting, because it was phenomenally, uh, phenomenally well lit. Uh, and I, I agree with both of you. I think that it, I think it was intentional um, that his day to day life was very plain, average, and boring, and therefore a bit washed out when it came to the lighting. Um, which, you know, again, for anybody who's ever been driven, I mean, we all have our own personal projects. I mean, uh, I, I run a business, Matt, you're running a business, Sam, you do uh, story mix, free promotion. And um, yeah, we, we all become very, very focused on that one thing and everything else kind of, maybe not so much for us because we have families, but everything else almost kind of seems washed out. So I just, I want to do this. I want to get on with this. 
And I think it really enhances the fact that um, Andrew is extremely focused on music and nothing else to the point where he sacrifices everything. I mean, he's not even, let's face it, he's not even a likable character. The, the scene that I'm alluding to is where he's at the dinner table with his family. The guy's an absolute duke to his family. He looks, yeah. he looks down on, was it his brothers or his cousins? I forget. Cousins, I think. I think cousins. it was his cousins. Yeah, yeah. you're right. He, he, he is kind of like, I don't know. It's a bit like when we talked about The Wolf of Wall Street and how I've come across people in life who'd watch that and unironically would say, I aspire to be that. That's yeah. cool. And I'm like, you are missing the point of the film. <laughs> Um, and I'm and I'm sure like there were people that would watch this and be like, yeah, you know, and and there is, you know, in that that scene, you almost want the cousins to be worse. You want them to be like, ha ha, he's he's a nerd. He likes music. Exactly. And, actually, in a lesser film, that's exactly what they would be. Exactly what they would be. They'd be looking down on him, but they flipped it. It's the other way around. Miles Teller's character, Andrew, is an absolute D-bag. Yeah, I mean, you think think of when when he takes that uh, girl out to eat pizza. Um, now, it, it, this is a cringe moment because it's, it's something I would have done in my teen teenage. <laughs> um, you know, the so high almighty with regards to what he listens to. You know, I, oh, man, I listen to jazz. I'm so out there, and he starts dropping jazz references. And oh, do you know this song? You don't know this song. This is blah blah blah. Um, it just makes her feel really uncomfortable with, with it all. Um, and 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 um, yeah, it was a bit of a, a bit of a show off in that regard, you know. Yeah. yeah. And one thing that I didn't notice before, I didn't quite catch it, was that um, there's a great line from his dad, um, played by uh, Paul Reiser, who um, when he sort of says like, oh, he, his comeback to one of his cousins is like something like, oh, those are four words you're never going to hear from the NFL. Um, and then his dad like cuts him down to size by saying are those four words you're never going to hear from Lincoln Hall. And I never caught that before because it's just quite a small line. But his dad like literally and not in like a harsh way, but in like a you need to you need to like learn some respect, son, um, yeah. just cuts him down to size and, and he can't take it. He just walks off from the dinner table. Yeah. Um, there's, yeah. there's one question I got for you two. I, um, I, I will read up about this movie, but but it's it's been in my head all day, and and I don't want to ruin any of the magic for myself by by delving deep into the trivia of this. But um, do we know if if Miles was a drummer um, prior to this movie? Because um, I, I I was watching it a lot and 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 kind of thinking perhaps they were doing some overdubbing with the with the drums to to make him seem better than he was or uh, any kind of stunt doubles or anything like that um because the, there's some really great drumming in this film it's not the best ever but there's some real really great drumming in this movie i did i did look this one up um so he uh he played along to recordings and it, about 40 percent of the drumming in the movie is is him yeah um so yeah again um they obviously picked the right person i think a couple of the other cast members who were drummers had you know had to literally speed learn I, and i can't remember the specific character but the one of the the guys that is brought in that jk simmons brings in basically to just get under his skin mm -hmm. um i think he had to learn like in a crash course but then to be fair his character is supposed to be inferior and the whole point is he's just there to wind andrew up the fact that he's brought in this guy that clearly isn't as good 
but mm. jk simmons is like i spotted this guy and he's he's as good as you andrew it's um it's amazing but um again we're probably cutting to the end of the movie and the the, the finale is is just something else but i one thing that's been going around my mind is is this film a tragedy is the is it actually i know we don't it's not like okay so it doesn't commit suicide but are we seeing the beginning of andrew becoming fletcher or you know crashing and burning and you know living to 35 and dying in like a cocaine binge or whatever i don't know <laughs> i i've been thinking exactly the same thing and i i think it it is a bit of a tragedy, um, but not not for the obvious. I, I think it's 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 the the teacher being pegged down as the tragedy in this. Um, you know, it's almost the, the teacher. It, it, um, what's his name? Sorry, Fletcher. 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 Yeah. Uh, when 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 he says at the end, you know, I'll cue you in. I'll, mm. I'll cue you in. Um, and Fletcher gives a smile, and and he there's there's a certain life that comes out of him when he's when that that yeah. we don't usually see um and and i i think that's the end of the road for fletcher finding greatness whether whether um whether that young young kid actually makes it or not is irrelevant there. i think i think it's an end for, yeah. for fletcher's tyranny and, and in but, that way it's it's slightly a tragedy because it's such a great character i'd love to see number two with him going on some other <laughs> So I've got um, very quickly because uh, I did know that Miles um, Teller learned how to play the drums, but um, the the director Damien he he is a drummer, and so it was important for him to have an actor who could play the drums, and rightly so. So they they brought someone in to train Miles Teller, and he trained uh, pretty much every day. So yeah, Teller worked with his instructor and co-star Nate Lang. Yeah, three to four hours a day for two months straight to get this right. So even though he had a crash course, that's one hell of a crash course. Mm-hmm. And and secondly, what I'll say is I cannot talk about this film without spoiling the ending because the ending was something unto itself. So spoiler alert, and I'll put in a little, I don't know, jingle here. Um we are now going to unabashedly talk about the ending in spoilerific detail. So if you don't want it spoiled for you, switch off the pod now, watch it, and then come back to this part in the future. Okay? You have been warned. Have you just so given people a recommendation there, Damien? <laughs> I don't know. I'm talking about the ending. and we Normally, we don't like to spoil the ending, um, but I, I think we have to, given that a there's so much that happens in the end that ties into the rest of the film. So go yeah. away, watch it if you like what you've heard so far, and come back and listen to this bit now. Gentlemen, feel free to speak about the ending because I've got a lot to say about it. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I, I guess we... The thing is, we, we already saw earlier in the film um, Andrew obviously go and tackle Fletcher when he kicks him out of the band. And, you know, that's the point that, that Andrew's character has literally been broken. So I think he's just been in a car accident. Um, and um, so you kind of know that when he turns around and heads back towards the stage, it, it, you kind of, it's not going to be, an, it won't be another physical confrontation, will it? What, where's this going to go? And then when he cuts him off 
when he's like and the literal line the literal line is we're going to take the tempo down now or something like that or we're going to slow things down and then he just comes in with that and just takes him by surprise um and and you see him it's all it is like again this is where i see the um the link with kind of a martial arts movie or a boxing movie or something like that it's like a wrestling match it's like they're they're fighting over control of 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 the music and 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 this is kind of the point where andrew's like actually i've worked out what your game is and now i'm going to give you some of it you see this is it because i think fletcher forgets in in because he wants revenge let's face it fletcher wants revenge because he know andrew is the one that got him fired uh and uh, from the school even though he's been able to pretty much land on his feet and he says before they all go in there are people in this hall who will remember you forever so if you mess up today your career is over and fletcher goes in with the intention of torpedoing andrew's career so he can never play to the level that andrew wants to play to and it's in a fit of rebellion against fletcher which i genuinely thought for one moment that Fletcher would legitimately end the film by killing Andrew. That's how much tension had been built up in, in, in the whole film. Um, but he, he rebels against him. And you're absolutely right. When he says, hey, we're going to bring the tempo down, everybody in the audience instantly knows this is, not, this, this is not what Andrew does. Andrew brings the tempo up so that he can showcase his skills. Um, and you know what Fletcher's trying to do. He's trying to torpedo Andrew at all costs and he's going to do it publicly and absolutely humiliate him so when he rebels against a man who has had so much control over his career i legitimately worried for andrew that fletcher would just take him backstage afterwards and just shoot him because i thought that's how much fletcher wanted to torpedo him because he had gotten him fired and he'd in, in fletcher's mind he'd taken away his opportunity to find the the great drummer that he'd always been trying to find because that was his purpose in life he'd made that his goal i was legit terrified for andrew <laughs> i've never been more tense in a film for a long time and this is a music film this is ridiculous this is a film that i was initially not really wanting to watch because it was about drumming so yeah and i've still got more to say but i'm going to shut up <laughs> yeah that, that end scene was tense it, it, the, they built it so well with the music. That drum solo was great. I mean, it was, it was dramatic. <laughs> there was there was uh, lots of. I mean, again, again, not a drummer, um, but there was lots of things in there that that um, that that made you think perhaps his drumming was better than it was. There was lots of tricks, I think, and lots of you know, um, lots of. Pull, not ploys, but you know, lots of hooks to, to pull you along. And in jazz, there's there doesn't tend to be as as many hooks and and kind of bits of incitement like like there was. But but that that drum solo was engineered really well, and it went right back down and then right up again, and bang into Whiplash at the end. Holy mm. moly, that was that was exciting. And for for a fan of jazz, um, you know that um, this this. That that there was everything I wanted from Soul. Um, <laughs> well, I think yeah. The um, the I I would say like that I don't have 
um, the discernment when it comes to to jazz music. It's not something I listen to kind of very often. Um, uh, not to say that I don't enjoy it, um, but I, I wouldn't necessarily. I guess I wouldn't look at it and be able to kind of like understand maybe some of the, a lot of the, the the technical side of it and things like that. But those two songs, Whiplash and Caravan, have been living in my head rent free for the last few days just going around and and um and i think the again this is where the camera work and the editing of the of that particularly that that um that final song just the way that the camera just follows the each instrument as it comes in and, and then sweeps across the stage and there's those those bits where it just like bounces back and forth between jk simmons and um and uh, uh and andrew and and they're just they're just kind of trading you know he's he's obviously you know doing his um doing his bit with the uh, uh with the uh, uh the 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 rest of the 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 players um again it's just phenomenal but it did make me think that um because i think you mentioned that like that obviously that that slowing down of the tempo and the film starts with that kind of the the kind of I guess the the drum drumming sort of like the beat slowing uh, speeding up gradually and kind of like rent, building that tension up and I almost felt like I don't know maybe I'm reading into it but it felt like during parts of that drum solo it was almost Andrew saying these were the things that you challenged me on and that you said I couldn't do and I'm going to show you that I can do every single one of them I can match your tempo I can do this swing you know double time swing or whatever um uh, exactly the the you know the right um uh, the right tempo and the the consistency or whatever um it, yeah again part of me is like is that him winning or is that jk simmons winning because jk simmons is like ah now i've created my I've, it was all worth it all the abuse and everything was worth it because i've got you to where you need to be yeah there, there was an element of of um that that final scene that that act of rebellion um and we don't we don't get the conclusion from the crowd you know it cuts off which i thought was fantastic we didn't we didn't get that cheer at the end it was just it finished mm. and um and um, but in reality i i'm not sure whether that drummer will get other work he he, mm. he he totally disrespected the the band leader he 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 ignored the rest of the band um he he it was that that was all about him and 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 and, and i don't think i mean i might be wrong here but i i don't think that is that is um that is good practice to 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 get in um more jazz bands mm. um especially when we, you know we we get shown throughout the film that there's a certain level of of discipline required and a certain level of uh, respect for for the band leader and the and the um and the um the person who's conducting and and we've all seen it we've all seen you know um you know that every, everyone showing deep respect for a conductor in an orchestra for example and to to so to so publicly um turn your back on on all of that tradition in, in a very traditional um, genre of music, such as big bands, kind of jazz, um, could could be a bit a bit dangerous for his mm. career. So I, I, 
although he, although it was a it was a, a moment of rebellion and, and look what I can do. I'm not sure if it, it, it done him any good. That makes sense, and I agree with you. Um, I, I, it's probably not the right thing to do, and it's it's just a huge show of ego. But I don't think that Andrew had any choice because Fletcher had already tried to torpedo his career. And so the only option left was everything or nothing. And he gave it absolutely everything. Mm. But what I like about this scene, something, and, and I, I don't think I've ever seen this in a film um, before, not to this just level of mastery, is you can tell everything you need to know between Fletcher and Andrew on how they look at each other. When Andrew first starts to rebel, Fletcher's ready to kill him. But they eventually come together and Fletcher's doing his job, Andrew's doing his job. And it's almost like a father looking at his son in the most proudest of ways that he can because his son has accomplished what his father has always wanted him to do. His son has accomplished his greatness. And you can tell that just in how they're looking at each other. It's written all over their faces and it changes throughout the whole scene. I mean, you know, to begin with, it's a rebellious son and a father that wants to murder him. But by the end of that scene, they've come together. Fletcher's doing his job. He's leading the band. The band actually come back in for the end. And so it brings it all back together. And, and Fletcher has almost relaxed into his role because he has proven to his father figure he can do what he always thought he could do and do you ah so much in this ending do you (laughs) think because it's something that crossed my mind do you think that Fletcher always knew that the only way that he was going to find greatness is if he could find somebody who had the courage to rebel against him because one thing that really stuck out to me was that Fletcher almost completely missed what his life goal was through a fit of rage and want for revenge. That's part of the tragedy to this. Fletcher was so close to missing his life goal because of his own personal ego. Or do you feel that Fletcher knew the only way that he would find this gifted drummer is if he found somebody who had the courage to rebel against him and and had that strength to fight back. Mm. Part of me wonders whether, yeah, the whole thing is like a master plan, whether it's kind of like, I win either way. I win if I break him or I win if I make him. Um, Because if I break him, then, you know, he it was, like he says, just some people just don't have it. And and then I'm right. And, um, and, And then, but I also win if he rebels and if he manages to um to you know to stand up under the weight of my kind of brutal scorn that i have for him so i almost feel like he's kind of he's and he's, he's going to win either way um yeah. in sort of the in a twisted way in that in that um in that scenario i, I um, think in the yeah. same in the same way andrew has nothing to lose at the end um the reason why he walks back and sits down at that drum kit and, and rebels. Um, I think um, I think at the point of, of, of that, you know, that last concert starting, um, really, um, Fletcher, what has Fletcher got to lose? You know, he's, he's got one last dig at this kid. Uh, he's got one, one time 
left to throw that symbol at him, like like that guy did at Charlie Parker. You know, that 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 was that story is told twice in that film. And I think I think I think the ending sums that up. He 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 had that one opportunity because he knew that once that audience saw um, Andrew playing drums, that he'd probably get a, a, a Blue Note record contract or something, and 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 he might might make a couple of albums, but he's not going to hit the heights that he potentially could do. So this this was his last ditch effort to 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 roll Andrew up, um, make him snap, and 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 bring out the inner inner drumming beast from him. Uh, and I th- I'd like to I'd like to think that that was that was the move rather than trying to sabotage this 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 young kid's career um, because I, I think the, the it was it was very obvious that that Fletcher had a a, uh, a true passion for this kind of music and and um, and I think to have that opportunity to 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 shape it was something he shaped the history of it was something he always wanted. Mm. And I know Damien uh, Chazelle, the director, also directed La La Land. He's got quite a, he's not got many director credits against him, but um, some, some pretty, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's done a good job. He also directed First Man. I don't know if you've seen that, which is, is a great movie. Um, I wondered, and especially this would be maybe interesting to get Damien, Damien your opinion on this. Um, I thought that one of the, the triumphs again of this movie is is bringing jazz to a wider audience and maybe uh, slightly slightly demystifying it but also not not you know just just kind of opening up and making it a bit more accessible should we say i'm sure if you were if you're a jazz aficionado you would probably watch this and go well you know this you should really listen to this you should really listen to that or you know it's literally just touching the surface um in the same way that maybe if you watch the Star Trek movies, you'd be like, oh, you need to watch Next Generation, you need to watch Deep Space Nine. There you go, Damon. Um, so I wondered what you thought about... Did you think for people that maybe aren't interested in music or aren't particularly interested in jazz, that it makes it more accessible and it's kind of like a stepping off point for maybe I will look more into that genre? I, I think so. I think with the sheer talent that they show on screen, um, it's easy to see why people enjoy jazz. I, I, I don't listen to jazz, not because I dislike it. It's just something I've never really gotten into. But again, my musical um, tastes, I don't really have any. You know, I like lots of different things from lots of different genres. So I tend to, I'm more of a music browser than I am into any specific type of genre. I'll listen to any type of genre of music and I will find something that I enjoy in all of it. But as far as jazz go with this film, if you're going to compare it to a film that we've done before, like Soul, I think that this does a lot more for jazz than Soul did for the music that it was trying to showcase. And, you know, Soul was by a lot of people, and I still don't understand why, it was considered to be absolutely fantastic for the music that it was doing. And I'm like, did I miss something? But with this film, it, you know, I, I could very happily now just go and Spotify. Uh, again, we will accept uh, sponsorship from Spotify. I'll happily go and Spotify a whole bunch of jazz and go and find something in that genre that I enjoy um, on the credit of how strong the music was in this film. 
bearing in mind that a lot of it is about the drumming because that's specifically what Andrew does. But there's enough in here for me to go, oh, you know what? I will go and try some jazz, actually. This sounds like something I could enjoy. Um, so, yeah, I think it does a good enough job at the rest of the, the whole jazz theme and not just the drumming. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this this is um, this kind of big band jazz isn't isn't necessarily my uh, my cup of tea. I like my jazz a bit more um, disorganized. Isn't the right word? Um, a to a tonal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Yeah, it, it, um, there, there was there there were elements of of the music I really enjoyed, but I I think the visual uh, I'm not sure I'd put the soundtrack on. Mm. But but um, I I did enjoy it alongside the visuals. I mean, um, Caravan I, I was a track I know pretty well. Duke Ellington and uh, Dizzy Gillespie does a really good version of it. Um, but these are this um, this soundtrack was definitely pumped up for the drums. You know, um, you know the drums were very you know center, very loud. Um, they were they were the the main focal point and there, there there are there are certain jazz bands that i like um that do that um but yeah it, i i think it's gonna well i mean i'm talking about it as if it's a, a new film it's, it's quite an old film now um but i imagine it did great things for, for jazz when it came out. i imagine the sale of jazz records went through the roof after this movie and I wouldn't be surprised either, because, yeah, to your point, Sam, I think it is a good jumping off point. It's certainly not going to get me into jazz, but it'll certainly make me explore the genre a lot more closely than I have done in the past. Um, again, I have nothing against jazz. I just I just never got into it in a big way. But that's more of a, a reflection of my relationship with music than it is actually jazz itself. Mm. I'm like that with pretty much all genres. Now... Something that I did want to cover, because we, we brought it up before, and I think it ties in really nicely to the end, is, is this film a tragedy? So I was thinking at the end of it, we learn that other students have gone through unbearable levels of stress. Students have committed suicide under this man's tyranny. And here you have, at the end of the film, both of the main characters achieving what they sent uh, what they set out to achieve in spite of everything that's come before this film or everything that's happened in this film. So for me, I think one of the most tragic elements of it is the fact that nobody has really learned anything. Uh, Andrew has achieved his goal so far as we can tell by the end of the film because he has risen to the heights of Fletcher and Fletcher's achieved his goal because he has made a king and that's what he set out to do. And so does this film, I might be missing a reading here, so I'm, I'm hoping that you, you guys might have read it differently. Is this film saying to hell with the methods, the ends justify the means? Or in the way that it finishes, does it say, great, you both set out to do your goals, but that's it for you. Fletcher, you're done because your goal is over and done with. And Andrew... This is very possibly where you end, mate, because you defied your, um, what, what do you call it? Constru uh, not constructor. Um, conductor. Thank you, constructor. You, you, de you defied your conductor. But by defying each other, they both achieve what they set out to achieve. So nobody learnt anything. 
Hmm. Well, I think Matt, you mentioned earlier that whole idea of that the the film obviously closes on on Andrew and on uh, Fletcher. We don't see the audience. We don't see the the finale, and it is kind of unresolved in that sense. Um, yeah, I, I I I think when I first watched it, I probably watched it as kind of you know on the surface. You know, he's done this amazing solo and he showed his teacher, and actually he's gained his respect. I think watching it back now, I do see it as the perils of that obsessiveness that the dark side of ambition i think if there was a further story it would be about i don't know it would be it would be about i don't know fletcher's character you know not being able to to hit that peak again and probably you know fading out into ignominy um and you know reliving the glory days um, and I think it would be Andrew's character, again, never being able to hit that high um, and crashing and burning like his idols um, have done alone. So I, I certainly think I think the what we're seeing in terms of the arc is it's not a positive arc. It's a it's him coming at the end. And and, and but then at this, I don't know, at the same time, there's me kind of critiquing that. Um, but there are, I don't know, artists, musicians, people that I aspire to, or maybe people that I respect, people that I enjoy what they create. Um, but I'm sure there's a level of obsessiveness that they've had to buy into um, for me to be able to benefit from that. So it's kind of like we're all complicit in this. We we can easily sit back and say, oh, terrible, you know, this is a tra this is a cautionary tale. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm going to listen to Jimi Hendrix or whatever and go, this guy's amazing. And, you know, actually, do you know what? He should have cleaned up his act and he should have stopped, you know. No, no one's going to no one's going to say that, are they? No yeah. one's going to say that the world no. would have been a better place if, you know, if that was the case. But, yeah. Mm, I, I, I feel like I, I need to reserve judgment. On, on on that because because it was left on such a cliff time. I, I I think I, I imagine the crowd jumped up and, and cheered and went batshit crazy. But I Cheers, mean, Matt. Now now I've got to put an R rating on this pod. <laughs> sorry. sorry. <laughs> oh blimey. Um but but you um you gotta remember that these people in that hall weren't weren't your average jazz listening you know this was a a showcase um and there was some i imagine there was some real jazz aficionado i can't say that word aficionados aficionados and the bloody the horrible word. word yeah sorry <laughs> i think i said it earlier yeah and so yeah i mean i I think yeah, it's it, it's a tragedy. You know, there's two two lost souls at the end of this film. I think they, mm. they've both lost their ways a little bit. Um, you know, Fletcher not teaching ever again um, after after a a collapse in performance like that. I imagine his reputation is tarnished. I mean, I'm I'm not sure. Just one one good song after that would 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 help build his reputation back up again um, for, for, a, for a, a, uh, someone that respected to lose complete control of, 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 of the, uh, of, of, 
of the band to the point where they had to stop a song. <laughs> he had to apologize. I mean, I've never seen that happen in my life. Um, I've been, been to a lot of shows. Um, yeah. Yeah. Two Lost Souls, I think, would be the would be the prequel to this. But that's that's why I absolutely love where the film finishes. It doesn't resolve what's been going on. It just mm. brings it to a point and it allows the audience to make up their own conclusion, which I think is a, a fantastic way to end a film. Yeah. Uh, and I think we've all been the same. I mean, you've both alluded to it. It has just whirled around in my head since I've watched this film uh, and I'm trying to come up with the ending myself. And I really appreciate that they didn't show where this goes. And so each person that watches this is able to bring their own experiences to the ending and decide for themselves where these characters are going to end up. And I love it when a film does that. I, I absolutely detest it. And it's almost become commonplace these days where you'll have like the crescendo of the film and then you'll have 15 minutes afterwards where they wrap everything up and it's all hunky-dory and lovely. It's like, mm. I don't need those 15 minutes. Just show me the end of the film and leave it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like I, it to finish on a high. I watched uh, Lord of the Rings uh, 3, um, Return of the King Extended Edition. That's yeah. a great example. So, um, yeah, I know exactly where you're coming from. That film's got 23 different endings and it goes on for <laughs> five extra minutes. Um, yeah, that's and don't get me wrong. I love Lord of the Rings, both me and my wife, or sorry, my wife and I, it's, it's probably the only trilogy that if we didn't have children, we would happily sit down and watch the extended editions back to back for the whole weekend. So we love those films, but even we think the ending is absolutely ridiculous because it tries to tie everything up and mm -hmm. you don't need to. And this film doesn't. And I bloody respect this film for that. I think there's definitely an art, a fine art to ending a movie and and hitting just that that right note, especially kind of that unresolved note. Um, yeah, I've got a lot more respect from that for that than sort of just kind of sort of tailing off um, towards the end. And I guess it ties up with everything we've been saying about that whole thing of like you know, um, you know, better to burn, you know, to 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 sort of uh, go out and go out in a bang, and maybe that's what is going to happen with them um, with those characters so maybe it, it it plays into that um it plays into that whole idea as well um yeah Whew, now we gotta find a good way to end the pod um, i know right uh, yeah <laughs> and, and this, this, this has been a, a much longer pod um but i think that's a testament to the film quite frankly and, and mm. the amount that there is to discuss and I know we, I think that, we, you know, I'm not a music fan, but I still think that given what's in this film, we could go on for another hour if we started to pick apart different scenes, yeah. which we've already done a little bit here. Mm -hmm. So let's, um, yeah, let's go for the, the ending. Who wants the egregious job of summarizing first? Because that's one heck of a summary. I'm happy to go first. Go for it, Sam. I'll go first. <laughs> I'll keep it simple. Watch this movie. <laughs> beautiful that's all you get from me this week <laughs> <laughs> oh I'll, I'll echo sam there um uh, must watch um it's it's full of life um i'm struggling to actually put into words how good this film is it might have jumped to um uh, to top 10 uh, movies of all time i was i was so impressed book some time out schedule it and and sit down and 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 enjoy it. One one thing I will say is um, 
ensure that you you've got some good sound to go with this because mm. it's full of really well produced um music and and yeah it's quite a quite a party atmosphere in, in some of the songs so yeah if you've got some speakers or a soundbar or something hook it up to the tv and, and sit back and enjoy and I, I, uh, I will echo what you've both said. So for anybody out there who's listening that's not a music fan in the way that these two gents here are, because Sam, Sam and Matt, you're, you're much, much more into your music than I am. Um, you can still deeply appreciate this film because of the storytelling and the way that it's done. Music is the vehicle. It's by no means the film, not even a little bit. I think the relationship between these two men and the actors and the way that they portray that relationship, that's what this film is about. And I absolutely love this film. I have never been, I know that's, that's hyperbole. I have not been this tense for a long time when it comes to a film. And I think that that is a huge, um, I'm gonna use the, the, the layman, it's a huge kudos to the director, the, the sound design, the actors, the light design. I mean, there's something in here literally for everyone. It is not what I would call an easy watch, not by a long way. But if you are going to pick a film and you've only got one to pick, because that's kind of what we try to do. If, you, you know, if you're a busy parent and you've got one film to watch this week, are you going to watch this one? Yes. Oh, my God, yes. I have not enjoyed a film to this level in such a long time. I was hooked from the beginning to end. And as a non-music fan, I, I couldn't believe how much I enjoyed this film. And I'm, I'm still loving it. I, I think I'm there with you, Matt. This could very well work its way onto my, my top 10 of all time. And this was made in 2014. So there's a lot of films that's been released since then. So yeah, 100% watch this film. Make the time if you don't have it. This film is awesome. And, and again, I know I said I wasn't going to say anything else, but just in response to one thing I really enjoy is the fact that this is the first time that you guys have watched this because yeah. I, I watched it back and I watching it again, I had that same experience of both of you as you have had first time round. Um, which is that, yeah, it just sticks with you. Yeah. And everyone I've bumped into today, I've told them that they must go and watch this film. Um, I, I told them also listen to the podcast and get my, <laughs> yeah. my proper recommendation. But um, yeah, I, I can't get it out of my head. I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad that Becca um, fell asleep last night um, early. So she has to rewatch it and I can rewatch it with her. So I'm going nice. to rewatch it again tomorrow. And good shout. I, I think that's fab. And, and you know, I say, you know, I completely forgot what I was going to say. I'm just so carried <laughs> away. Oh, um, yeah, it's this is why I'm really grateful for the podcast, because if it wasn't for the pods, I would have ignored this film because I view this as a music film. It's not. Music is certainly an element to it and a big one. Uh, Whiplash does more for jazz than soul did for soul music. And this there's so much more to this that i am so glad i got the opportunity to watch it because i would probably have ignored this for the longest time given how much there is to watch on amazon prime and netflix and disney plus this this would have been one of those films i add to my watch list and i never get around to watching 
Uh, and I would have only added it in the beginning because I remember the hype that came out around this film in 2014. But um, if you're there, like me, thinking, oh, it's a music film, I'm not going to enjoy it, bloody watch this film. It's awesome. <laughs> I, th I think this is probably one of the highest quality films that we have reviewed on the pod by a long way. Not, you know, maybe not the one that I've enjoyed the most, but, I, you know, I have cheesy taste. Um, but it's certainly one of the best quality of films that we, we've gotten to, to watch for this pod. It's, it was just, oh, I'm going to shut up there. It's brilliant. <laughs> that is a, is a resounding recommendation. Obviously, <laughs> obviously I know we're going to hear from, we're going to hear from Andy, um, uh, hopefully, because he wasn't able to join us. But <laughs> I would be surprised if his, you know, the next comments we hear from him are, Whiplash is the worst film I've ever seen, and it's got all these issues with it. And yeah, well, we'll let him be the judge of that. But absolutely, yeah. and and for those of you, I mean, we we think so highly of this film. Um, I'm going to arrange, and gents, you're very welcome to join us. Um, but I'm going to arrange a little uh, recording session with Andy so that he can actually say what he wants to about this film. Because again, he, like you two, is a massive music fan, and I think that he'll also have a lot to say about this film. So we're going to do a little bit which will appear at the end of this episode. So after the credits roll, hang on, Andy's going to be there with his viewpoints. Um, but that, that's how strong a movie this is. That's how strong a film this is. We're actually going to make extra time so that Andy, instead of just sending in a statement to talk about it, he's going to appear in his own little section to talk about it. Um, this, this film is just absolutely phenomenal. And yeah, I can't add any more. James, do you want to add any more? No, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> Right, in which case, uh, we have been Parents on Pictures podcast, and this week we have done Whiplash, which is three recommendations, and in a few minutes, you will find out whether it's going to be a fourth. Uh, it'll be about a week for us before we find out, but I would be very surprised if Andy doesn't recommend this as well. Gentlemen, um, I'm going to put you on the spot now. Sam, where can people find us? Uh, you can find us in the practice room with Fletcher having <laughs> our backside handed to us. No, um, you can you can find us on Facebook. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. Um, search parents on pictures, and I think that will probably get you to the right place. Um, please do give us a, a like or a follow so you can keep up with um, everything that's new coming uh, coming up from uh, from the podcast. Awesome source. And if you happen to listen to us through a platform that allows you to review. Um, I would, well, we all would, quite frankly, greatly appreciate five stars. Four stars and below, you can, you know, just reserve judgment. Um, but five stars, yeah, we're all up for that. And the only reason that we ask is because it helps us to get seen amongst all the other pods that are out there. Because let's face it, since 2020 has been a thing uh, and not a year that we can really forget, even though we might want to, uh, everybody and their auntie is doing podcasts these days because it's one of the easy things to do. Hey, um, yeah. hey Mo, sorry to cut you. I was just going to say, it, and again, this is just me going a bit off script, but I'm happy that we're doing it in 2021 because I almost had a thought that we would be, you know, potentially some of those people that have done a pod in 2020 and then, hey, we're still here. And um uh, and and uh, I'm I'm again as you said, Damo. You know, it's um, something I'm supremely thankful for that we're still doing this and that a few people are listening and that we're having fun. So completely agree with you. And what's really nice is that there was a short spell there where we we're all so busy that it looked like we weren't going to be able to do the pod anymore. Mm. Um, but we managed to get around that with a change of uh, well, with a, a slight change of structure really, and I think it's working much better. 
So yeah, I completely second that, Sam. It's nice that we're in 2021 and we're still doing it. So uh, I wasn't going to do this, but the pod's really long anyway, so we may as well keep going. Gentlemen, you have both been working on some things for the last, well, long time. So use this time to speak to your projects a little bit. So Sam, you go first and then Matt, because you, your, yours is also a really big development. Have a little bit of free promotion. What have you been working on, Sam? Cool. So, um, well, StoryMex is, is still ongoing for me, but I'm, I'm t- kind of trying to take it up a notch in terms of um, pr- uh, promoting it a bit more, I guess, to give it a bit of a, an overview. Um, I'm, I'm a, a writer, a fiction writer, and I really enjoy writing short fiction that people can just pick up and enjoy really quickly, um, you know, on, you know, on your day to day while you're on social media. And so what I do is I run kind of short uh, adventures where people get to choose what the next step in the story is. Everyone that's joining in the little community that, that uh, takes part votes on what the next step will be in the story. Um, and then at the end, um, you will have defined what the uh, what the outcome is um, of the story. Um, I, I really like it. Um, I've had good feedback from the people that are involved. Um, and so I've kind of been putting, you know, I'll be honest, I've been putting off the promotion because I know it's something that I can easily kind of get a bit obsessive with. But um, I'm, I've decided it's time to step up the game to try and get more people involved, uh, more people interested. So hopefully in future I can share kind of, you know, when I've uh, got other things like books and things like that, that uh, hopefully I'll complete in future to to um, to promote. So please do head on to either Facebook or Twitter um, search for Storymex. That's S T O R Y M C. There we go. M E C H S. If I can spell that is. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, please do. Um, uh, please uh, give a like and uh, or give a follow and and join in with uh, some of the stories. Nice. And because Whiplash is all about obsessions, Matt, what have you been obsessing over and working on for the last well, long time for you now, isn't it? Yeah, so so um, me and my company uh, Physigo, uh, we've been um, working with elite athletes over the last three years to uh, develop a some wearable technology that will um, help monitor uh, and improve your running form um, to get you running uh, with with, uh, with with less injury. Um, so we've spent the last three years working with these athletes, and and we're we're inches away from a, a product launch. Um, these will be available on our website, uh, physigo.org, P-H-Y-S-I-G-O.org. And um, they, they will be available to purchase in the next coming week. Um, the, these, these pods will help you run better, not faster. Nice. I like that. Run better, not faster. Love it. I, Love I know it. a lot of people who run marathons who may well be very interested in that because it's going to avoid those types of injuries that you tend to pick up on, on marathon running. And I would imagine other types of running as well. Obviously, I, I just know the marathon world. Yeah. Trails, sprints, uh, fun runs, all, all sorts. We, um, our next product out later in the year will we'll, um, we'll incorporate um, cycling and swimming. So you'll be able to monitor your whole uh, triathlon, but that's that's uh, that's up and coming. But but watch this space for the uh, the running pods, which we're calling the RPP, to hit the shelves within the next week or so. Nice, and everybody knows. I say everybody knows that's actually a misnomer. Um, <laughs> I run martial arts schools or clubs, 
Um, so you'd, you'd have to be very local to me to take advantage of those, although we are uh, upping our game in a more virtual way in the not too distant future. But I'm not going to say too much about that now um, because it's, it's in the blueprint stages. Gentlemen, it has been an absolute pleasure discussing Whiplash with you. Thank you for joining me and thank you for being hosts on this pod every single week. Other than that, I'm going to say bye-bye now. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.